podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Cardiff City Championship show. I don't know, I don't know what this is. It's just a live stream talking about Cardiff City Championship, even a bit of EFL today as well. Um, and you guys can ask questions and we'll chat, etc. Hopefully, I can get some technology to work so I can show you what I, I've been talking to some people and thinking about and what I think Cardiff are looking to do this year with their team and stuff like that. Big shout out to the Sports Social as ever for doing the audio side of all our podcasts. Roger Giggs on football will be returning very soon. New episode of My Story drops on Saturday with uh, DJ, producer, rapper, MC, Rob Picton, also known as Joe Blow. Uh, it's an ex- quite an explosive episode, surprisingly. Like he didn't uh, he didn't hold back and he talked about some stuff. Really good episode dropping Saturday. Like I said, hopefully going to get the technology working so I can show you some what I've been uh, thinking about the the Cardiff squad and how they're going to set up and also the tactics after having a little chat with a couple of different people. Um, How I think they're going to line up, some of the clips I've seen of the friendlies and stuff and how I think they're going to play tactically as well. We're going to talk about Forest Green. We're going to talk about Ampadu. We're going to talk about the championship. We're going to talk about... uh, You can ask me some questions. Basically, we have got 50 minutes from now to talk about all things outside of the Premier League and Europe and stuff like that. So uh, get your questions in, join the conversation. We'll have a giggle, we'll have a chat. Um, I'm just going to share this now on Twitter. And we'll be good to go. Can't share it on Twitter before it starts, unfortunately. So I gotta kind of do it on my phone while we go because I haven't got enough hands and screens. So bear with me a second, my friends. Put and we are good. We are good to go. Let's rock and roll. Uh Ryan wants to talk about Morgan Witter and Leave it in Swansea. For Plymouth Argyle for a club record fee of one million pounds. Well, we will talk about that, Rye, seeing as you asked about it. Um, just to give some other people a, a chance to join on on Twitter and and YouTube and stuff like that. But unfortunately, mate, because it involves Swansea, I kind of switch it off very much from it. So I'm going to have to bring it up on my screen so I can have a look and give some more information. I know Morgan Whitaker is quite highly thought of. Let's have a look. Uh, Morgan Whitaker plays for Plymouth Argyle, signed from Swansea. Uh, so he made 33 appearances for Swansea, scored a couple of goals. Uh, looks like he went on loan to Lincoln, played 20 games, scored five. Then he went on loan to Yourselves, Plymouth, uh, played 25, scored nine. So that's a good return. Um, oh, look, you're playing £1 million. To the Jacks, it's for the it's for the potential, and he obviously came through the Derby account, Derby's academy. Swansea have picked him up. I'm quite surprised they've let him go, considering his numbers. Like he did, he had all right numbers for them, and then he's gone on loan twice last season for the looks of it. Played 45 games, and he's done a return of about what's that, 14 goals. Like that's pretty good for a young player. Was he 22? Winger forward, I think. Look, right, one million's a lot, but um, I'm sure there's a load of add-ons and stuff on it. Looks like, looks like, I think he could be quite good going forward. So if you can get a couple of seasons out of him, right, maybe you know take you to the top part of the league and stuff like that. Get those goals. It's probably worth the investment, isn't it? Worth the investment, like. If you get two good seasons out of him where he scores 15 goals in both seasons and then he goes for a few million to a kind of club higher up the pyramid, it's good business. If he kind of fizzles out, now he's got his like permanent move and stuff, 
then obviously it's a different story. But look, he's represented England at 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, and 20s. So he's clearly got something about him. I've heard his name before. I know um, a friend of mine who's up that way that is a bit disappointed that he's gone. But look, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? A million pounds, a lot of money for these clubs down lower in the league. I guess we'll see, won't we, mate? I guess we'll see. But um, it is a Wednesday. I had to double, double check the day then. So um, we do like to talk a bit of championship and a bit of um, a bit of Cardiff City as well. I know some of the, the regular viewers are actually at Cardiff's friendly this evening, so they're going to catch up later. Um, so we've had a chat with a couple of people. And um, look... Barlo, uh, the manager said he wants, I think it was eight to ten signings. He's made a couple of really good signings. Um, this Ike Okbo has arrived, he's fresh face, he's alone from the French team. Troy, uh, supposedly is a very, very good player. You've also got the Greek central defender Gutas, who is, again is very experienced in Europe. Um, and I think he's probably going to slot in straight away. Um, former Reading striker Yakoe Meite is, I think, going to be the the main target man. But there's no way Cardiff are going to sign eight to ten people. They also brought in, obviously, Aaron Ramsey, but also uh, West Brom's Carlin Grant. We have got, um, we have made, we've been quite good with the signings we've got from West Brom in recent years. You had Callum Robertson, you've had Kipri, uh, Romain Sawyers and stuff. So they do have uh, a bit of a bit of a good track record with loaning players from uh from West Brom. So I saw a few people, I saw um a couple of social media posts and stuff. Uh, I know uh, Matthew's in chat sent me what he thinks the team will be. I disagree with what Matt said. Um Matt thinks it's going to be free at the back. Um a few other people have kind of gone with Wintle and Joe Rawls in the middle, which I've got to be honest, that's my worst nightmare. Um, if they're going to play Ramsey in 10 because I don't think they've got enough legs to get the best out of Ramsey there. So I actually think it'll be 4-2-3-1. Um, but I think you're going to see Perry NG is going to slot over and back to right back. But he is going to play that role of like an in four inverted right back. So I'm going to bring it up on the screen so we can have a little, a little look and I can kind of show you what I think they're going to do. Um, he says, let's try and get the technology working, isn't it? But, um, entire screen, there we go. So we're going to bring that up there. And you'll have to tell me if you can see it, but I, I think you should be able to see it pretty well. Um, but we'll see now. We'll see now. Tell me if you could see it. If you can't see it, then I'll just talk it. Yeah, it looks a bit small, doesn't it? Looks a bit small. See if we can zoom that in a bit. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I can't zoom in, which is a bit frustrating. Um, this is a bit annoying. Um, yeah, okay. Let's see if we can do it this way. Right, so I might disappear off the screen a bit. Right, let's see. No, it's not. It's not zooming. I don't know why. It's quite frustrating. But you can see the general shape, I guess. And then I can fill in and tell you the players. Um, so I think they're going to go with they're going to go with all swapping goals. They're going to go with Jamalu Collins left back. They're going to go McGuinness and Gutas as the centre-back pairing. Solid. NG is going to go back to right-back. Then you're going to have Wintle as the kind of holding midfielder. Uh, I think Riamoto, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, Riamoto will be the other midfielder because I think he's got a bit more legs than perhaps uh, Reno Mahota. Andy Riamoto is going to play alongside so um, he's going to play alongside Wint Wintle as a two. And then you'll have Ramsey just in front in a bit of a free roll. And then I think your wide players are going to be O'Dowda 
and Robinson. And I think Yako Meite will be the, the, the target man as we stand. But when we've got the ball, you will see uh, NG will slot in alongside these two. Wintle will call, play it slightly deeper. NG will slot in there. And Collins will push right up here. And what will happen is, or what the intention with that is, is to create an overload in the midfield so you've got more players to get on the ball. Um, I think the way the manager's going to play is going to suit. Control plus, is it right? Go on, mate. Ah, there we go, brother. Well in, mate. Well in, mate. That should be a little bit better for you guys to see anyway, I hope. Better than it was. Um, better than it was. So, yeah. So, I think it's going to be that. Um, and that's... I think it's going to suit. Also, it's going to suit Ryan Orslop. Because Ryan Orslop's um, distribution is better if he's play, playing it short, playing it into people who want the ball. So, you need people who want the ball. So that's going to suit the goalkeeper straight away. The goalkeeper is going to play quite high up when the ball, when we're when we've got the ball, he's going to join uh, McGuinness and Gutas. You're going to have NG going to midfield. Collins is going to be high and wide because they want to create an overload so that there's always a free man. With the idea being that hopefully the free man will be Ramsey or Collins coming on the outside or the inside of O'Dowd are there. Will it work? Who knows? But tactically, I can see the logic to it. And then, obviously, on the bench, you have got Ugbo, who can play up here. He can also play off the left, I believe. You've got Carlin Grant, who can play off the right or the left, and I probably through the middle. You've got Ruben Corwell, who's going to can swap with Ramsey if he needs a rest. You have got Joe Rolls. I just don't think you can play Rolls and Wintle together. And Ramsey, like the three of them, I just don't think there's enough legs there. Um, I agree with you, Rai. I think Cardiff do need another goalkeeper. Um, I think Olslop is satisfactory, but I also think I think he's decent with his feet. But I think Cardiff could potentially get a better keeper, potentially. Um, and then you've got Carlin Grant. Obviously, you can play out here. You've got uh, Anne Ramsey. That. The other option, which they may go with in certain games, is they may play Ramsey alongside Wintle and play someone like Ruben Corwell or Ugbo or Carlin Grant or one of these kind of guys as the as the man here and try and create a bit more pace. But I think to get the best out of Ramsey, the best way to get the, the, the best out of Ramsey is to play him as a 10, let him find those little pockets of space around the target man. He can drop deep, he can become that free player when you overload the midfield because you're going to have McGuinness and Gutas stay solid. The keeper's going to push up in there. It's the way European football is played at the moment and this manager's going to come in and he's going to want to play football. Um, so it's going to be really interesting with like who he goes with. Will he go with, you know, for instance, Jamalu Collins out with a long injury Looked like the real deal when he before he got injured. He so we're kind of assuming he's going to go in. Ng obviously did a job as a three and as a centre back, but I think as a right back and doing that particular job, I think he's going to be excellent because I think he's going to be he's combative, he's quick, and he's also can pass a football. So I think it's a good shout. Uh, McGuinness and Gutas. It remains to be seen what they're like as a partnership. McGuinness had a good season though when he was when he was available. Uh, I butchered the poor Andy Rinomoto's name in, in my little sheet here, but like I think he's good, he's got the legs. There's also, you know, you've got some other options there for legs, maybe Remain Sawyers. You've got youngsters like Eli King. There is, you know, you've got Joe Rawls, obviously. I think for me, Cameron O'Dowder has got to be in the side, so he's your one winger. I think Robinson. Most likely gets in the side. It went fit because I think he showed enough. And I think Matey gets the, the nod as the target man, at least initially. But you've also got um, Kieran Atete. You've got Carlin Grant. You've got Ugbo. So it's quite interesting to see which direction they kind of go in with that because they got options for once, which is very, 
unusual for Cardiff. Um, I'm going to just stop that, bring that back in. So I do think um, it's kind of unusual for Cardiff to have some options. And already, whether those options are going to be good enough is another thing. Like, I don't know, honestly. You know, I, I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't know enough about Ugbo and Carlin Grant to say whether they're going to be a, a success. I know Carlin Grant is highly rated by people who seem to, you know, know the championship. They seem to think it's a good, good signing for Cardiff. Same with Ugbo. Um, we've seen Mete score goals against Cardiff. We know he can score goals, but that number, if playing the way that I think we're going to play, you don't necessarily, sounds weird. You don't necessarily need your number nine to be prolific. And I think that's why we've signed Carlin Grant. We've signed Ugbo. We've got Kieran Atete. We've got Odaldo. We've got Robinson. And then we've got Ramsey pulling the strings. To If they all chip in with a few goals here and there, there's not that much pressure on one particular number nine striker. So it's going to be kind of interesting. I do worry. i got to say, I think... I look at it and I look at the options and I look at the way the manager's going to play. I do wonder if Isaac Davis is going to go out on loan. Um, I was hoping, you know, he was going to get some game time and stuff this year, but I just look at it. There's so many options in those front four positions. If you assume that the number 10 is going to be Ramsey and an, or another, whether that's Ruben Corwell or that's whoever, where where's Isaac Davis fit in? Which is a shame, but maybe I think. Look, as I said about Ruben Corwell a few weeks ago, the most important thing for them to this season is to play games. So I said it about um, Ruben Corwell for me. He, if he's the manager, needs to make a decision. Is he the backup to Ramsey? Right, yes or no? If he's not, loan him and make sure you loan him to a good club who's going to play him. 30, 40 games of the season and let him grow, play men's football and grow and play week in, week out, twice a week. And I think the same for Isaac Davis. Uh, Matt just said, I don't think Davis has gone to Portugal. Yeah, so that's a, a big sign that maybe he's going to go somewhere. I hope they don't sell him because I think there's a player there. But I think like Ruben Corwell, this season's a big season for him and he needs to play. So... It's going to be what it is. Ryan, Alls, Ryan Allslop, um, like Rye mentioned, he doesn't rate him. He had some shaky displays towards the end of the season, right? Um, I do think he's going to at least start the season at as first choice because his distribution, his passing ability makes him good for the system and the way they're going to play. But... I do think they need to get another keeper in to play as backup. So I believe if we look at the keepers on the on the Cardiff City site at the moment, it says Ryan Olsop, Jack Alnwick, and Ru Rohan Lufra. But I believe Jack didn't Jack Alnwick go somewhere. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm sure he went somewhere, didn't he? Let's have a look. And maybe the car website's not. Not set up yet. Let's have a look. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Look, I thought I just thought he went. I for some reason I thought he had gone somewhere. So you know he's starting tonight. Yeah. So I must be wrong. I so I don't know why I thought he'd gone. So I look. We haven't probably seen enough of Rowan Lufra. He's the the young keeper of the three. I think. Ryan Olslop's distribution and passing ability is probably going to mean he starts as first choice. But, you know, Jack Al Jack Alnwick, if he has some impressive performances in pre-season, I would imagine the manager's going to be looking at his distribution skills as much as his goalkeeping, because I don't think there's much in it between them, for, like shot-stopping and the old-school goalkeepers, if you like. I think it'll come down to who out of the two is better suited to the way the manager wants to play. Um, Matthew just said Cardiff are losing at the moment. Um, thanks, Matt. I was looking to watch that later, so you've just spoiled it for me. 
nice one. But I am mildly optimistic about Cardiff's current squad. I think there's some players in there who need to be moved on. I think there's probably some players which need to be loaned out and there's some players we need to get in to improve us. I still think when I look at the midfield options and Rinomoto had a good season last year um, and I look at it, I know Eli King is very highly rated. So I would like to see him get some minutes and maybe that's the plan, but I don't think you could play Wintel and Rolls together. I just don't think you can. I think they can both kind of do a similar job. I just don't think if you've got them two in Ramsey, there's just no legs in that midfield at all. And then it's who, who, who's the legs? So the options are according to the Cardiff City website would be Ebo Adams, Romain Sawyers, Eli King, Ruben Corwell, and Rena Mahota. To me, Rena Mahota is the best option alongside Wintle, but. think there's players out there on freeze that you could get who would do that job better no offense you know no no disrespect to any of the players i just think there's players there who we could get to really do a job around ramsey i think wintle's a good holding midfielder for this level and i think we just need some legs next to him if someone but someone who can pick a pass and i think um, there's players out there who are good uh matthew says what players would you ship out okay Um, I would probably ship out one of the goalkeepers and get a different goalkeeper in, depending on who he prefers. Um, Isaac Davis, send on loan. Tanner, send on loan. Um, Ojo, I would probably sell. I agree with you there, Matt. Um, we got like a few fullbacks. Who like they probably if you think you need probably two on each side for the season, so I I would assume Joel Bagan's one of them because they've just given him a new contract, and then you've got Romeo, uh, Vontae Campbell, Jack Simpson, and Perry Ng. Yeah, um, midfield wise, Eli King is an interesting one to me. I'd probably sell Jack Simpson. Eli King, is he good enough to be that man next to Wintle? Like week in, week out. Or is he the backup to that man? It's it's a tricky one. So if he's the backup to that man and he's like second choice midfielder, effectively, then keep him. If he's third, fourth choice then loan him out. Let him play somewhere. These young lads need to play. So, you know, Colwell, Eli King, Isaac Davis, loan them, let them play 30 games a season and see if there's just potential. Are they going to realise the potential? In terms of strikers, we've got Ugbo, Mete, Carlin Grant, Keon Atete, Oli Tanner, Isaac Davis, Callum Robinson and Ojo. So I would sell Ojo. I would loan Oli Tanner and Isaac Davis, which would leave you with Robinson, Atete, Ugbo, Mete, and Grant. Plus, you've obviously got that number 10 season is... Uh, number 10 is kind of taken up by Anne Ramsey as well. So, really, you're playing... You've got one, two, three, four, five players going into three positions. I think that's all right. Um, if they were going to loan... Isaac Davis and um, Ruben Corwell specifically, if you're going to loan them, I would make sure you've got a recall clause so that if they do go off like fireworks, you can bring them back. Um, Oli Tanner and who was the other one I said? Eli King, I think, could benefit from a season at League One, like playing week in, week out. And maybe, look, there's Jack Simpson's an interesting one. 
because I see him get kind of a lot of questions and, and criticisms and stuff from fans. And like Matt said, they doesn't really fancy him. But actually, the club, like someone sees something in him, which to me means, right, look, if there's something in there, but he's not going to play, let's get him out on loan, you know? Like, these players, you can't just, I don't think they benefit from just staying on the bench. Oxford have been linked with Isaac Davis. Um, yeah, Mark isn't. Mark Harris went to Oxford, didn't he? So, I mean, that could help him settle also, could link up well for Oxford. Let's have a look at Jack Simpson's. Uh, so, Jack Simpson's 26 now, see? He made 20 appearances in six years for Bournemouth, went on loan, made 13. Then he did nine, nine at Rangers before he signed for Cardiff. Made nineteen appearances since he left, uh, since he joined us, and he's made one appearance for England in the twenty ones. He's twenty six, man. Yeah, I think I'd probably sell him. Honestly, I think there's players in front of him because you've got Bagan, you've got Romeo. You've got Jamalu Collins. Vontae Campbell's an interesting one. Just doesn't seem to have quite quite done what they thought he was going to do. Um, again, another one with great pedigree. You know, come through the Arsenal and Leicester academies. He's... Big boy, 22. Never played a first-team game for Leicester. Played nine on loan at Dundee before he then signed for Cardiff. But he's only made one appearance for Cardiff. Um, played all the young England, England, you know, England age groups up to 19s. It's a, it's a wild one, man, because there's something there. Do you keep him? Do you loan him? 22. I mean, he could be back up to NG. So if you say Vontae Campbell's the backup to NG and then Joel Bagan's the backup to Jamalu Collins and then you've got Romeo McGuinness. Yeah, I think we need a centre-back, you know. Like looking at the options, I know NG can play at centre-back, but mm, it's tricky, tricky. There's a lot of players at the club who I still don't think... It's, I think if Cardiff are going to really kick on... They might need to be a bit more cutthroat and say, no, you're not gonna, you're not good enough, or you're not gonna play. We have to move you out so we can move, get someone else in. Because there's still a few free transfers knocking about. Let me tell you, there is still a few knocking about if you move quickly. I'm surprised at how many are still there, to be quite honest. It's wild, like, because I thought they'd be gone by now. But there's still a few knocking about. Still a few. Um, I also I want to talk about a couple of other things outside of Cardiff. Um, first of all, Leeds United signed in Wales international Ethan Ampadu from Chelsea for seven million. It's a phenomenal signing. It's um, and he will do bits in the Championship now. He's a perfect age, twenty-two. I say he'll do bits depending on where Leeds play him. If they play him in central midfield as like a holding midfielder, he will do absolutely bits because he will be, he will protect the defence, he'll be combative, he'll be aggressive, but he can also pass. And he will be such a good midfielder, especially under a manager like Daniel Fark, will be incredible. What I am gutted about is that having just signed Aaron Ramsey, I said the other week, that the perfect player to come in and play behind him would be Ethan Ampadu, knowing that, you know, Cardiff are never going to be able to pay $7 million. Um, But I'm gutted he's gone to Leeds. And I'm gutted because $7 million just doesn't, it doesn't seem like a massive fee, but obviously it's, it's more than Cardiff have got. Good luck to him. Hopefully, he's, you know, he doesn't play the first game against Cardiff. But I think Leeds, that's a very, very intelligent sign-in. And I think it's a good signing for Wales national team because he's going to play week in, week out in a very competitive league. 
big club. I Leeds will be up there, I would imagine. Judging, I think I think he's that good with the players they've already got. Some of them, um, I think they will really do well. Um, looks like Harry Barnes is going from Leicester to Newcastle. If, I worry for Leicester. You know, they're gonna have all this money, but they haven't got any of their quality young players like they've sold who they sold so far you've got Barnes is going Vardy staying um I do where I worry from I gotta say I just I look at like Leeds who they've been signed Leicester have been linked with Charlie Savage is that what you're saying to me Matt um I could tell you a bit about Charlie Savage, actually, mate. Um, so just for anyone who's not reading the comments, I suppose. Uh, Matt said, uh, link with Charlie Savage today. Don't know much about him. Think he played lower league on loan from Manchester United last year, didn't he? Um, yes, he did. Um, what I can tell you about Charlie Savage is he's a very good footballer. He's better than his old man. Technically better, should I say. Um, and by the way, his, his old man, his, his career is nothing to be sniffed, sniffed at. Let me tell you. But um, Charlie Savage is a good footballer. I've been linked with Cardiff, I see. I would be very, very, very happy if we pick up Charlie Savage. Um, him alongside Wintle would be... I would be happy with that, mate. Very, very happy. He's young, he's fit, technically excellent. Got a real... Uh, got a good pass in him. I know Ten Hag really likes him. But obviously, he's not going to play first-team football at the moment. Um, I'd be chuffed, mate. I've got to be honest. I think that'd be a great sign-in. If you could get Charlie Savage in and move out, um, say, I don't know, either Eli King on loan, Ebo Adams, maybe, I'd be happy with that, mate. Happy, happy, happy. Um, like, as you know, I've got quite a few United fans who are mates, people I know. A few couple of them have got season tickets, obviously Rodri as well. And Charlie Savage is very, very highly rated. Um, he played for the first team in the Europa League last year. Um, he scored some goals, I think, while he was on loan as well. Um, Ebo Adams, so look, 27. See, another one, mate, right? I don't understand some of the signings that Cardiff have made in recent years. Like, we signed him. He's never he hasn't made an appearance for Cardiff since he signed. Um he didn't really do a in three three years at Forest Green, he scored, played 108 times and scored nine goals. All right, all right, I suppose for a midfielder. Um he's a Gambian international, he's played 12 to scored none. But like, why are we signing him and on a three-year deal? But he hasn't played. It make it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so the Charlie Savage links get a thumbs up from me. Um, Leicester, go back to Leicester as well. Um, uh, Sonico at the back has gone to Atletico Madrid. He's quality defender, far too good for the championship. But my worry for for Leicester is they're losing some Connor Cody went didn't he? Um, no, sorry, Connor Cody came in and. Harry Winks came in. I think they're two good sign-ins. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. James Madison went. So they've lost a couple of big hitters. They've brought a couple of good sign-ins in. Interesting. The championship's going to be wild this year. It's going to be so difficult, even more difficult to predict than normal. Um, let's talk about Forest Green, mates. Mates. Um, Forest Green, we gave them... Uh, quite a lot of credit the other week when they appointed a female interim manager. Okay? And, uh, like, rightly so. We we said it was good. Good for them for giving her a chance. She's got the qualifications and blah, blah. She deserved to have that opportunity. Hannah Dingley, she was. Uh, she came in and did the caretaker job. She never took charge of a game and she wasn't on the hundred person 
shortlist for the full-time job. So, does that make it a PR stunt? I think it does. Because they clearly never had any intention of keeping her on. She wasn't in the conversation for 100 candidates for the job. And she wasn't in the conversation. She effectively took charge after Duncan Ferguson left. For what? She never took charge of a competitive game. Maybe a couple of pre-season friendlies. And I don't want to be like TalkSport because TalkSport talks so much horse shit. Um, but it does feel like a PR stunt. And it feels very much like they just did it for the for the press for the for the good for the good press isn't it but i don't know maybe she knew that it wasn't you know she was never in it she was just covering for the summer maybe she knew that going in um interesting article on football 365 um and it says, uh, I see Forrest Green have replaced the only female manager in men's football less than two weeks after appointing her to such fanfare and acclaim. I wonder if anyone will be generous enough to apologise for the abuse and the name-calling I received for saying it felt like a PR stunt. So this guy from Football 365 obviously took a bit of grief because he said it was a PR stunt. He says, um, we can safely assume that we contributed to the abuse and the name-calling of Daily Telegraph Northern football correspondent and Saudi <laughs> Lickspittal, Luke Edwards with Media Watch, that was a tad vitriolic, vitriolic because, well, Edwards has been a tad bit of a prick. Um, since then, he's been clearly waiting gleefully for the news that Hannah, Hannah Dingley has not been appointed by Forest Green managers as the permanent manager because, and this does seem relevant, according to The Guardian, Hannah Dingley did not actually apply for the job as permanent manager. So that is an important detail. Another important detail is the fact that Hannah Dingley was only ever the caretaker manager. She's not been replaced. She fulfilled the role that she was given and will now return to being the academy manager. It's a tale as old as time. It happens all the time. Pers uh, a manager comes in, a manager leaves, someone within the club, an academy, assistant manager, whatever, takes over. Then the new manager's appointed and they go back to their old job. So, is it a PR step? Or was she just the best person within the club who was already there just to take the reins until they sorted out a new manager? I think the fact that she didn't apply for the job tells you that she probably was aware that she was, you know, She's the academy manager and she was going back to that job. She was just taking the reins, steadying the ship, whatever you want to say, for the summer while they went through all the applications for the job. You know, I don't know. I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because my first reaction was fucking PR stunt, absolute twats, blah, blah, blah. But when you break it down like that, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like she did the job that she was asked to do. So I'm interested in what you guys think. I genuinely am because I, I don't know where I stand with it. Um, <coughs> there's always going to be media and people who are just got an agenda. Um, I have no agenda with it. Like I was, I thought it was impressive that they gave the, the job. Um, simply because other clubs wouldn't, and that's why there's no females working within the managerial structures of any male clubs. Um, she, so, yeah, she hasn't been replaced. She did her job. If she was a man, then it wouldn't be a PR stunt, would it? She just came in, she steadied the ship, she went back to her original job, Um Temporarily appointed coach with the UA for pro license. So that's the other thing is maybe within their academy and their system. And uh, so I would imagine when Duncan Ferguson left, I would imagine at least his assistant and some people went with him. So maybe she was the only one within the club structure who had the relevant pro license to be 
accepted as a caretaker manager because she's done academies in North Notts County, Burton, and she's at Forest Greens. She's also got degrees in sports coaching and uh, experiences lecturer in sports coaching practices. So it's really tricky, isn't it? Because like everyone, my reaction was PR's done absolute wrong and you know bad stuff, bad form. And then now I'm reading this article, which is really, really interesting and well-written. I might even drop a link in it for you lot to have a read of yourself. Because um, when you break it down, she kind of just, you know, she did her job. Like, if she was aware that that was the case, she didn't apply for the manager's job. That's why she wasn't on the 100-man shortlist. Matt says, when you break it down like that, I suppose if she was aware that she was there for the short time, then fair play. Like, it's if you check if you if you take her gender out of it, say she was a man, right? Say she's at Cardiff, say she's Darren Purse, under 23s manager, academy manager, whatever, and um a manager leaves. And whilst the they need someone as a figurehead at the club just to run things day to day until they get a new manager in. But when you know when we get a new manager in, Darren Purse will go back to being the under 23s manager it wouldn't be a PR stunt it wouldn't be anything it would just be a normal practice within football and if you find yourself agreeing with Gabby Ag- Agbonglahor then you have absolutely fucked it as this guy says Gabby Agbonglahor and Jamie O'Hara are the worst possible pundits um, on talk sport at the moment they are all appalling um Talk sports gone downhill massively, I gotta say. So, like a couple of comments on Twitter, for instance, Phil McNulty, who's a journalist, said um, Hannah Dingley in charge for a couple of weeks, during which she got uh, she got the chance to prove absolutely nothing, really, really poor. Um, but again. Was it or was it she just did the job that she was there to do? Like, it's so strange. Um, Matt says if they had preseason friendlies arranged, do they have to have someone qualified in that role for insurance purposes? I don't know too much about whether to be honest. She, uh, Matt says, Yeah, I think they probably do. They have to have someone in charge of the club who's got a certain level of pro license. Like, I couldn't be a manager of a football club because I don't have the high enough licenses, coaching licenses. So, I'm not sure, like, what these... Do you know what it's like? Social media, people jump on the bandwagon and ultimately, we should, if we all took a breath to think about it, so I've you know I've had to read that article to be able to kind of get it straight in my head. But maybe I shouldn't have to. Maybe we could all learn a bit from that and say, you know, social media makes us all jump to conclusions and these talk sports of the world and the rest of it, shorts and reels and media, and we all just jump to conclusions. But actually, when you actually think of it for yourself and you break it down and you look at it. It's nothing. There's no story. Someone was brought in to do a job. They did a job. And then when the job was finished, they went back to their original job. Interesting, isn't it? In it, in it, but. Um, so we got like five minutes, last five minutes. You've got any questions, get them in, get them in quick. And then we'll go from there. Um, but uh, we're only going till five two tonight because I got to go somewhere. But um, I'm back tomorrow for the football weekly, so make sure you join us. Um, we'll have some of the regulars back as well. Rodri will be back soon, but maybe next week. We were kind of thinking that he was going to be around for some sort of short, re- um, short shows. I might even see if he's around tomorrow. He could talk about Aaron Ramsey, talk about what he thinks of United so far and pre season and some sign-ins, maybe just do like a little short stint from him, like half with him and then half with the with the old 
Football Weekly. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Matt says maybe that's withstanding the tree hugger. What? Maybe that's withstanding the tree huggers wanted not to release anything so that people are talking about Forest Green Rovers. Any publicity is good publicity. Indeed, mate. Indeed, and also, it's like um, it's like anything, mate, isn't it? The the the, the media try and push you in a certain direction always because negativity and controversy sells and gets clicks. But actually, nine times out of ten, if you just look at it yourself and think of it what they're saying very often doesn't add up and it's very easy to find the answers to your questions or at least you know you can see that it's not quite as black and white as what they try and explain with their headlines and their clips and stuff but you know it is what it is um so what i'll do is like next season we'll do a real look at some of these championship squads i think um next Next Wednesday, we're going to have a real, real good look at some of these squads and um, and dig deep into who we think is looking strong, who we think is maybe going to struggle. Um, because I haven't paid a lot of attention, so I'm going to have a good look this week at all the championship squads as they stand, see who I fancy, see who I don't. I got a feeling that Cardiff and the new manager, Errol Balu might be a bit of a wild card this year. I like the squad he's building. And he's kind of quietly going about his business. Um, it reminds me a little bit of what Ten Hag is doing at United, whereby you've got Arsenal and City and all these teams spending a shitload of money. And they're just quietly in the background adding to their squad. And their squad looks stronger. And, they, you know, it's going to be it's about, it's a squad game. It's not about individuals. And that's why I've said all along, Ramsey is a great sign-in if you put the right players next to him. If you go in with Rawls and Wintle, I think it's a problem. Ultimately, Charlie Savage would be a good sign-in. Some people might disagree with me. Everything I've heard about him is positive. Everything I've seen from him is pretty, pretty good. I think he just needs games. Him alongside Wintle or Rawls with Ramsey in front, I think is potentially quite special. Not, you know, special, special, like going to run away with the league, um, but potentially, you know, it just has a bit of something about it. It's got legs, it's got technical, it's got aggression, it's got Ramsey, it's got quality. There's just a good bloody mix, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um Guys, Cubbins says, love that explanation from you, Sai. Assume you're on about the forest green situation. It wasn't really my explanation, mate. I kind of learned as you went, but thank you. Um, I'm just a bit gutted that Charlie Savage is English. He's 20. He's played for Wales. Oh, no, he's not. He's, uh, he's played for Wales under-21s. What am I on about? Shut up, Willis. Uh, he's played for Wales under-21s twice. Look, he made 15 appearances for Forest Green last year. He only scored one goal, but that's not necessarily his job. I wonder if we could very quickly bring up his assists and stats for Forest Green. Because I reckon he did quite well. Um, detailed stats. Let's have a look very quickly. Last couple of minutes, Charlie Savage. Got be into it now. Uh, into it, Matt. You, you got me. Um, he has an average match rating of uh, just under 7 out of 10 per week. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, passing percentage, 80.9. Offensive. Key passes. One per game, dribbling, fouled, he's fouled quite often, passing, uh, long passes, 1.1, crosses, 0.3. I'm not sure what position he played for him as well. Um, 
this is one thing it doesn't say. So you've got tackles, tackles per game, couple in the kind of medium percentile. And he played about a thousand minutes. Made quite a lot of clearances, good, good dribbles per game. Look, I've heard good things, is all I can say. Um, I can't guarantee that he's going to be incredible. I've heard good things, and what I've seen of him, he looks decent, and he looks like he'd be a good fit for the way the manager wants to play. Because we're, what well, I've been saying for weeks, get some legs and then play winter or rolls, depending on, you know, what's what. Looks like he made quite a few substitute, substitute appearances. Uh, no, there's not a great deal of stats out there for him for, at Forest Green. But, um, yeah. So, girls and boys, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, I apologise, like, I couldn't get the technology working and stuff. Um, I've normally got someone helping, helping me out a little bit in the background, but they're not around. So, it's just me, and I'm trying to juggle everything. At the same time, the talking, the screens, the audio, the video, it's all a bit complicated sometimes. But um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you all joining me for a chat. I know some of you are watching the football. So, you know, you kind of binned me off for the football. But I uh, appreciate you joining me later. Please make sure you all drop a comment after the live chat is finished. Go into the comments on the video. And, uh, and drop some comments because the live chat doesn't show up as comments. It's really annoying. Um, as always, guys, thank you very much. I will see you tomorrow for the Football Weekly. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network.